Thank you, Father, for this beautiful morning. And as we look into your word, as we open the text, open your heart to us, O oh God. Let the wisdom of God flow into our minds and hearts. As Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10 says, ask God for wisdom and wisdom will enter your heart. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to hear your voice, to know your will. Speak, Lord. I especially thank you for, I especially thank you and ask you to bless the number of people that have joined us this morning. And Lord, let it be worth their while. Give them fuel for the week. Give them encouragement for their challenges. Give them hope in their darkness. Give them light into their soul, oh God. Put a smile on their face. And through the toughest of times or the hardships or the long, uh, the long valley experiences, Lord, may they know the grace and the might of God. And that, may that be a witness to all those around. Speak, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A very good morning to each and every one of you. <clears throat> Let me take you into God's word this morning. Uh, this morning, we are looking at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, 9, 18 through to 27. If you have your Bibles with you, and that's always the bestest way to study God's word. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 27. For those of you not familiar with the Bible, this is uh, three letters towards the end, closer to Revelation. And uh, John, uh, the apostle, he, he writes these uh, three beautiful letters. And the first one is about abiding in Christ and about love. And we've been working through that here in this morning session uh, every Sunday morning. If you've got your Bibles and you're ready, let's begin. Um, we're in this, these about seven, eight, nine, ten verses, 18 through to 27 of chapter 2. Now, when a phrase repeats itself over and over again, when a phrase repeats itself over and over again, it is a clue, okay? And that phrase is, one in 1 John is, abide in him. The entire book, it, it repeats itself over about 60 plus times, 64 times, and 21 times uh, the, the authors or the, the translators have, have uh, used that word over and over again. 120 times that phrase is used in the entire New Testament. So it is something that the, that the scriptures is very, very serious about. So when a phrase is repeated, it's a cue, it's a clue, and the phrase is abide in him. Now, the reasons for uh, that phrase, the reason for that reminder, that encouragement, the reason why you are given constant encouragement is because of distractions, because of divisions, and because of deceptions. For those of you taking notes, the reason why God keeps reminding us, keeps encouraging us, keeps taking, uh, going over stuff, dorawing it, uh, revising it. It's, it's because there are distractions that we face, there are divisions that we have, and there are deceptions that we struggle with, okay? Today's passage will specifically talk about a deception, but, uh, but we have covered a couple of those in the past. We have dealt with deception, that is lying to ourselves. Do you remember chapter one, verse six? He says, if you say that you walk in the light, but you, do not, uh, but you do not love your brother. If you say that you walk in the light, but you, you live in sin, that the truth is not living in you. So you're deceiving yourself. So we talked about deception uh, in terms of lying to ourselves. Then 
uh, we've also talked about divisions. He says, how can you not, how can you say that you walk in the light and not love your brother? How can you not be united? That's, that's a matter of division. And then again, today, we're talking about deceptions, right? So he goes through those two, three topics and today's focus on deceptions. Sometimes we deceive ourselves, but sometimes deception comes from outside. I repeat, sometimes we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us, but sometimes Deception comes from outside, and especially when it comes from outside, it is, it is, uh, it is dangerous because somebody is deliberately trying to deceive you. Don't you tell your children, be careful of strangers. Don't you tell your children, your teenagers, don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you hear. Sometimes we want our loved ones, we want our spouses. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't go. Don't don't trust anyone. Don't trust everyone. We talk like that because we know there is deliberate deception out there. And no different to the Bible. When he begins this phrase, he says, little children, those of you immature, those of you who are new to the faith, those of you who are growing, those of you who are sincere, you can be so sincere, so, so excited about Jesus that anybody who says Jesus, you'll believe him. Anybody who seems to be sounding churchy or sounding biblical, you'll believe him. You need to be careful because there is, there is deception out there. So today, John deals with the river of lies. We will need to wade through because there are many who teach a gospel that is contrary to what Christ teaches. A word used for that is antichrist, false teachers, false gospel, false, uh, false teachers. So Preachers and teachers will come in the guise of being uh, pro-Christ, but they are actually anti-Christ, anti-Christ. Many will come. Look at, the, look at the scriptures. It says many, many will come. So John wants to warn us that in the day we're living in, there will be those who are either self-deceived or are deliberately trying to deceive you but we know that they are there therefore we need to be aware of it this is that passage if it's too heavy for you i'm sorry but listen to it anyway someday you'll thank me this is when our challenge to be to abide in him comes from a deliberate deception around us he warns us to stick to what we heard first the first gospel the first love the first time we understood and believed and responded he warns us and stick to it and listen intently to the tutor that has been given to us okay so two things i want you to remember as we go through this morning's talk this morning's devotion number one stick to the original gospel that you first heard and number two listen to the tutor that has been given to you stick to the gospel that was first heard and number two listen to the tutor t-u-t-o-r to the tutor that has been given to you you'll understand that as we move forward let's begin in the last days that means the days that are closer to the coming of christ in the last days there will come many or more false teachers of a false gospel in the last days, many will come who are false teachers of a false gospel. Shall we dive into the passage? Please look at your passage. You may have a different version. Don't worry about that. There are slight changes. Don't worry about that. Verse 18, children. When he says children, he's not talking to kids. He's talking to those who are children in the faith. Remember, he talked about fathers and to, to you strong young men. So you go fathers, young men, children. So we're talking about levels of faith, levels of maturity. Children, it is the last hour and you have heard the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists 
have come, note the tense, have come. Okay, so we're living in the last days. It's from the day he wrote this to today, we are in the last days. And remember, a day is like uh, one day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like one day to God. So don't worry about that. We're not looking at the clock. Antich the Antichrists, plural, have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. How do we know it's the last hour? There is so much deception and so many people disagreeing with each other. <laughs> you got that? So many people disagreeing, everyone trying to come up with their own opinion, everyone trying to come up with the real gospel, the real truth, the final word. And when you hear that, it's like, just know you're living in the last days. It's not going to be long before Christ comes. Okay, that's the first one. The second one, he says, there's going to be a tutor that has been given to you. That is the Holy Spirit. You have a personal tutor and he will teach you the truth. You, he will lead you into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit. You see, my brother and sister, my friend, the Holy Spirit was the first convincer. He was the first evangelist. He was the one who sent the prophets. He sent the pastors. He sent uh, the word. He sent, uh, he sent the inspiration. He's the one who's been monitoring the truth from the beginning. I repeat, He's the one who has been monitoring the truth from the beginning. He is the spirit of truth. So he is your best advisor. He's your best shot at staying closest to the truth. So the Bible says, John says, stick to your tutor. You have been given a personal tutor. He lives in you. You don't need a compass from outside. You have a compass on the inside. Verse 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. Underline that. There you have it. You have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. See that? So you know what needs to be known. You know the truth and you have the author of the truth living right inside of you. So two things here. Like you know the truth teller, you need to know the liars, right? You have the truth teller living in you. You have the author, the monitor of truth living in you, the Holy Spirit. Like you know the truth teller, you should also know liars. You should also know liars. Okay, quick uh, time out over here. As a pastor, as someone who preaches at a pulpit, as someone who has my own ministry, and as someone who is intending to influence people toward the gospel and towards Jesus Christ, I myself come under the cover of the grace and the, and the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not the Holy Spirit. I am not Christ. I am a sinner saved by grace. And I come under the covering of the grace of God, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the mercy of God every hour, every minute, every day, every breath of my life. Right. So I don't have the right. And I am no one to tell you names and persons of who I think are false teachers. That is why you will never find me saying so-and-so is a false teacher, so-and-so is a false prophet, so-and-so is a false teaching. I will teach you the truth and the Holy Spirit will confirm that that is the truth. And if at any time I myself am not telling you the truth or I'm teaching you a heresy or teaching you a doctrine or teaching you a gospel that differs from the original gospel you once heard, then I myself need, you need to switch me off, right? So... Just because, here's my point, just because I don't expose people, bring people to the pulpit, name, drop names, tell you who's right, who's wrong, who's wicked, who's off Satan, who's all of that. People are making YouTube uh, videos, they're making a career out of, out of judging who's, who's right and who's wrong. I will not do that. But that doesn't mean you don't know the liars. 
So he says here in verse 20, 21 and 22, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know the truth and because no lie will ever come from the truth. Verse 22, who is a liar or who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the sent one, the one come from God, the only one to come from God, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. That is an antichrist. That's a false gospel. That's a false teacher. Know this for yourself. You know the truth. Now know this for yourself. Anyone who denies Jesus, denies that Jesus is sent from God, denies that Jesus is the only one sent from God, he is a liar. He who denies the Father and the Son, you see that verse 22, 23, he who denies the Father and the Son is a liar. No one who denies the Son has the father. And if you don't have the father, you don't have the son. If you don't have the son, you're not saved. If you're not saved, you're a heretic. God. Okay. Verse 21, verse 22, verse 23. There you have it. If you know the truth teller, you should also know the liars. Why should you know the liars? Because you should know the difference when a lie comes in your face, when the lie is thrown in your face, when a lie is being taught, when a lie is being brought up. Now, let me tell you, lies is not normally told from a pulpit. It's usually told on YouTube, it's usually told on television, and it's usually told in books. Because that way an author can get it out there before you could stop him. An author can get it out there before you stop him. But there are also pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists and, and leaders who are preaching uh, a gospel that is inclusive of anything other than Christ. Now the truth will tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell you, it will tug on your heart. You know the original truth. Anything that is Jesus plus something else, anything that is Jesus, yes, but you also, anything that is, you can do it without Jesus, anything that says that Jesus is not God, anything that says that Jesus is not from the Father, uh, you need to know that lies is always a part of the whole truth. It's always a part. Two plus two is five. Only one of that five is a lie because four is the correct answer. 2 plus 2 is 4, but 2 plus 2 is 5. Is just, never will it be a 100% lie. And it will always be in the area, in the arena where you are gullible. My brother, my sister, my friend, little children. It will always hit you in the area that you're gullible. Are you going through suffering? Uh, wrong teaching will come to you through suffering. Are you hungry for, for riches? Hungry for security through money, wrong teaching will come through you to through what you are gullible for. You, you need to be on watch, and like you know the truth teller, you need to know the liars. And we are talking specifically in the last days of the heresy uh, that the antichrists will come with a false gospel. There are a lot of wrong teachings. There are a lot of wrong teachings, but specific to the gospel and who Jesus is is life altering. So, number one, like you know the truth teller. Number two, you should know the liars. Number three, stay in the truth that you have known. Stay in the truth that you have known. Verse 23, no one who denies the son has the father, but whoever confesses the son has the father also. God will not give himself and trust himself to you without Jesus. And without Jesus, there's no chance in hell you will ever get reconciliation with the father. God has placed the one and only point of contact, reconciliation, mediation, and that is through his son, the, uns, uh, the sinless 
sinless, holy, anointed one, the Lord Jesus Christ. God will only meet a sinner in Christ. God will only meet and shake hands. He will only embrace a sinner within the bounds of Jesus Christ where the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin, where the holiness of Jesus uh, replaces the sinfulness of Christ, where the righteousness of Christ adorns and, and clothes the sinner and allows him access into the holy presence of an almighty, eternally holy, glorious God. That's where a holy God meets sinners in Jesus Christ. And any gospel other than that is a false gospel. So stay in the truth as you have known. Whoever confesses the Son has the father also verse 24 let what you have heard from the beginning here you again go again abide in you got it let what you have heard in the beginning so the gospel the good news the truth must live in you it must abide in you if what you have heard from the beginning abides in you then you too will abide in the son and you will also abide in the father and this is the promise that he has given to us eternal life so eternal life Oneness with the Father, union with Christ, are bound up in the truth. And the truth has been given to you through the gospel, which is the word of God, which only the Holy Spirit has understood and given to you. The Holy Spirit has communicated to you. So we need to stick to the Spirit of God as our truth teller. I repeat, we need to stick to the Spirit of God as our truth teller. Let me end with one, number four. The tutor who lives in you the tutor who lives in you will be all you need to combat the lies. You don't need to watch YouTube videos. You don't need to read up a whole lot. You don't need to compare religions and, and faiths and ideologies. The truth teller will tell you, boom, as soon as it's the truth, he'll tell you it's the truth. And as soon as there's a fragment of it being a lie, he will tell you, uh -uh, I think something's wrong with that. I don't think I'm not comfortable with this. The spirit of God will not let you sleep because he will tell you the truth. The true tutor who lives in you will be all you need to combat the lies. And there are lies around. Trust me, there are lies around. Verse 26, I write these things to you. Why am I writing to you? I write these things to you about those who are trying, underline, to deceive you. There are people who are trying to deceive you. And those people are not in the alleyways. They're not on the streets. They are in pulpits. They are in YouTube Christian channels. They are on on Christian TV. No, they are not coming to you through television, the regular secular television or anywhere else. That's not whom Satan is trying to deceive. Satan is trying to deceive those who have embraced the truth because he knows that the truth will set you free. He knows that the truth will get you to heaven. He knows that the truth will grant you union with Christ. He knows that the truth will grant you reconciliation with God. That is what he is trying to do. So he says, I write these things to you because you are being trying to deceive. There are people who are out to deceive you. But look at the first word of 27, but the anointing. Now that's the phrase, the name for the Holy Spirit. The anointing that you have received from him abides in you. This is the first time he's turning that around. He has been telling you, you abide in him. But now he's saying the anointing abides in you. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit abides in me, I have a 24-7 chance and access to what is true and what is not true. That means there's not a second that you're alive where a lie can creep in. Hallelujah. 
There's not a second you are alive where, the, where, the, where a lie can creep in because the Holy Spirit is actively involved. The only reason you will fall for a lie is because you've stopped listening to the Holy Spirit. So, verse 27, but the anointing that you have received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Hold on. Oh, Pastor Jeremy, I don't need to listen to you anymore. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Verse 27, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. That is the Holy Spirit abides in you. And he is constantly teaching you. So you don't need anyone else to double proof or to a second opinion on what is the truth. What he is saying is full and final. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and it tells you the truth and it doesn't tell you any lie in the same way, like it's abiding in you, you also abide in him. Let me tell you something as we begin to close this meeting, this, this sermon. Jesus maintains your union with himself. Uh, the Lord Jesus tells the Father that I abide in them and we abide in them. I am the Father and one. I am in the Father, the Father's in me and we abide in them. Got it. John 17. But Jesus maintains his union with us. I hope you're listening. But you maintain your communion with Christ. Did you get that? Jesus maintains his union with us. That is eternal, eternal life, uh, eternal security, you being saved, your name written in the Lamb's book of life, your forgiveness once and for all. All of that Jesus did. Nothing can ever touch that. But you can break communion with God because it lies in your hands to abide in him. It lies in your determination to love him and to always abide in him. So Jesus maintains your union with him but you maintain your communion with Christ. That's why he over and over and over and over again says, abide in him, abide in him, live in him, dwell in him, stay in him. That is what it means. Now, if you're taking notes, take this down. The amazing fruit of, of the abiding life. The amazing fruit of the abiding life. One, two, three, four. Number one is the purging of pruning. The purging or the purge of pruning. You'll find this in John 15 verse 2, where he says, Whoever is connected to the vine, the father prunes, the gardener prunes. Why does he do that? Because he wants fruit. He wants fruit, constant fruit, always fruit bearing. So pruning is a good thing. And pruning is basically counseling with authority. Pruning is counseling with authority. That's where God says to uh, the spirit of God says to you, brother, that relationship is not good for you. Let it go. Brother. That direction you're going in, uh-uh, back up. Brother, you're in fourth gear, slow down, slow down. You're about to hit a wall, slow down. When the Spirit of God not only prunes, when it prunes you, it not only tells you what's wrong, but it calls on you to make the change, that's pruning. Does it hurt? Boy, does it hurt. Is it inconvenient? Boy, is it inconvenient. Is it the wrongest time? It's always at the wrongest time. But the love of the Father will not allow you to head in a direction, involve yourself with someone, get anybody involved in your life or allow anything to start in your life that he knows is not going to be good for you. He knows that was so pruning, the purge of pruning. That's one of the side effects and one of the blessings of abiding in him. Number two is for effectual prayer. Your prayer will be effective. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you may receive that your joy may be full. Number three, heavenly joy, not earthly happiness, not ha 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 ha, not just the joys and the laughters of a comic strip, but 
the joy that is in heaven, the joy that revolves around the throne of God will be in your heart. Celestial joy. And lastly, you'll be fruit bearing in all seasons. May, may the, the fruit or the, the, the effects of being uh, abiding in Christ. I repeat, the fruit and effects of abiding in Christ. Number one, purging, pruning. Number two, effectual prayer. Number three, heavenly joy. Number four, fruit in all seasons. What do you need to do, brother? My sister, what do you need to do in order to abide in him? First and foremost, get with your Bible. Get with your Bible. Become familiar with your Bible. Okay? I, uh, you, could, you could use the Bible app. I don't care. You could use, but become familiar with the Bible. Open the Bible. Open the scripture. And take it slow. Take it slow. And, 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 and just begin to absorb the words. Read the words. Absorb the words. Don't go anywhere in a hurry. Read two verses. Absorb it. Go back to the beginning. Absorb it. Why is he saying this? What is he saying it uh, in this passage? What is he saying in this passage? What is he saying in this passage in the context of this whole book? Read the whole book once or twice through. Then go back to that passage and say, what was he saying there? Slow down. Listen carefully. If you love God, you listen to him. If you love God, you will not be in a rush when you're listening to him. Open your Bible. Get with your Bible. Spend time listening. Let every word slowly sink in. You're not that bright spiritually. You may be an IIT topper. You may be a first class student. You may be an ace uh, com competitor in this world. But spiritually, we are all on the dull side. Take it slow. Let him get in. Let the word get into us and sit there until the lights come on. Number one, slow cook. Let this word sink in. Number two, what do we do to abide in Christ? Pray in the spirit. No, this is not any hyper hyper, any nonsense teaching about praying in the spirit. This is about understanding the will of the spirit and praying the same thing as the spirit praying what the spirit leads you to pray praying what the spirit prompts you to pray the holy spirit is the truth teller so his enemy is lies pray against lies pray against deception pray against division pray against distraction pray in the spirit of god it's not another language it's another love Praying in the spirit is not another language. It is another love. It is another affection. It is another holy obsession. Number three, stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for deception. If there are people who are trying to deceive you, then know the truth. You don't need to know all the false teachings. They do courses on all the false teachings. Just know the truth. Just know the truth and you will be good. And number four, live in him. Live in him. Guard, my brother, my sister, guard your communion with Christ. Let nothing, let no man, let no woman, let no bill, let no money, let no fear, let no uncertainty come in the way between you and Jesus. Guard your faith, your fellowship with him. Don't let a moment of broken fellowship with Jesus uh, rest. Tackle it. Be, be fearless. To run right into the presence of God and say, Lord, I've messed up. I've screwed up. I need your anointing. I need, your, I need you to search me, O oh God. Father, I feel far from you. 
Lord, I feel guilty. Lord, I don't feel strong. Lord, the sin is pulling me. Lord, the sin is pulling me. Lord, the sin is pulling me. Save me, oh God, the sin is pulling me. Cry out to God. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But, what, but God is faithful in that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able, but will provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear under it. He loves you and he wants you to be safe from being torn apart by the wicked one. For the wicked one is like a roaring lion waiting to pounce and devour on those who are led astray. So live in him, live close to him. Let me close with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. The spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not judged. He is not subject to anyone's judgment. Why, what does that mean? It doesn't mean, hey, nobody can tell me what I'm wrong about. Nobody can tell me what. That's not what this Bible, what this scripture is saying. The spiritual man judges all things. That means he knows the truth. And number two, he doesn't need anyone else to tell him the truth because he has the Holy Spirit to tell him the truth. So a spiritual man has the Holy Spirit to guide him. For he who knows the mind of the Lord... So as to instruct him, who knows the mind of the Lord to as to instruction? We have been given the mind of Christ. So you have two things. You have the truth teller and you have the mind of Christ. Both given to you. You have every reason to be sure. Every reason to stay on point. Every reason to be active. Let me take a moment to appeal to members of Covenant Life. I hope you're listening. I hope your spouse is listening. I hope your children are listening. My dear friend, my dear brother, my sister, my dear sister. Some of you are not walking with Jesus. Christ has maintained his union with you. Hallelujah. I praise God for that. But you are not maintaining your communion with him. You are not maintaining your communion with him. You are not walking with him. You are not loving him with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Your heart has strayed from Jesus. Your busyness, your work friends, your video games, your indulgences, your bitter root that has taken over your heart and mind, your history, your passions. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. But you have excused yourself from maintaining communion with Christ while he maintains union with you. And that is not fair on Jesus. Get your act together. Stop living the way you are. Put a thermometer to your heart and get right with Jesus. We're living in the last days. Deception is all around us. There's wars and rumors of wars. There are earthquakes and natural disasters. All around us, there are signs that the Lord is coming soon. And you go on like you have another thousand years to live. My brother, my sister, don't deceive yourself. Get right with God today. The Holy Spirit is telling you right now to get right with God. He's tearing your heart apart and showing you the things in your heart. He's telling you the temperature of your heart towards God. That you have grown cold. You have lost your first love. You are nowhere where you should be. You're distracted. You're dismissed. 
Come on, get it right today. Get it right today. Not for my sake, not for the emotion's sake, but Jesus deserves your love. He deserves your first allegiance. He has maintained your union and, 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 and certain made certain your, your, your eternal life. You owe him communion. You owe him communion.